Welcome to Driven to Create, the podcast that explores the journeys of those who can't help but bring their ideas to life. Today's episode is titled A Single Source of Truth. Now, this topic has been on my mind for quite some time, and I think it's on the minds of others in the creative fields. Um, and it's AI and what does a post AI world look like? when it comes to truth and provenance. Uh, Truth as a human is important. Provenance as a creator is extremely important. Um, So today I'll be flying solo um, while I wrangle other people's schedules and my schedule. I figure rather than just waiting (laughs) to get somebody on to talk about this knowledgeably, um, why don't I just do it? And, you know, we have a couple of uh, podcast episodes scheduled in the next two weeks. Uh, That'll be fun. But I figured, you know what? Like, there's no sense in hanging on to topics if, you know, if it's fresh in my mind now and I have my notes and, you know, my my reminders so I don't forget. Um, But basically, yeah, I want to talk about and you know this episode will probably introduce more questions than answers but i think it's it's good to you know to spark something early uh so we're not surprised later but yeah basically you know how are creators going to be affected in the future by um not just ai creating a bunch of stuff but proving that you created something to begin with now, if you're a, a carpenter or something, it's 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 going to affect you much less. Um, but if you specialize in digital art or cinematography, photography, um, things like that, you know, if if a, a AI model is trained to copy your style, because you know everyone has a style, um, what prevents it from you know creating a complete lookalike? And somebody else selling your your art or passing themselves off as you, and you know that already happens. You know when people will steal other people's clips and use that in their demo reel. Um, so I want to I want to start you know talking about this sort of thing, and so you know I can be prepared uh, moving forward, but also other people can have a chance to prepare themselves as well. Um, so if I'm looking down at my notes, it's because I have no one else on the other side of the camera <laughs> to keep me going. Uh, so you just have to bear with me on that. But, you know, basically it's it's a given that over the next two, three, five years, there's going to be more deep fakes, more ripoffs. Uh, what else do I have here? You know, automated news, blog articles, you know, I mean, basically the entire web in the next five years is going to be AI generated. And that raises a lot of questions about, you know, it's already hard to differentiate yourself now. How much harder is it going to be to differentiate yourself in the future? And on top of that, we're adding in the component of when an AI model can copy anything, which you know, certainly right now you can train an AI model to copy someone's style, which is why we're seeing a lot of issues with, um, I think there's a lawsuit against mid journey 
Um, and there's also a, a lawsuit against uh, OpenAI. I think it was the New York New York Times or the New York Post. <laughs> I know there's a big distinction between the two of those newspapers, but you know, basically, um, large language models, which is how we you know colloquially refer to AI today. Um, open, you know, open AI's chat GPT is probably the most popular example. They're, they're basically really sophisticated parrots. So I know this is like a really reductionist way of approaching it, but you know, when an AI model is trained, it's trained on a whole ton of information. And, and we're talking about, you know, three, seven, 20, 64 billion pieces of information. Like there's a lot that goes through. And then a human goes in and they start tagging this information with, with metadata. So, you know, certain attributes, like especially, you know, like if it's a picture, they'll describe what's in the picture, you know, as, as elaborate as possible with many keywords to help the AI model <clears throat> learn what, a picture of a man is, you know, standing by a duck next to a pond, you need to tell it that. And, you know, the same thing with, with text as well. Um, so when an AI model is essential, or a large language model is essentially a really sophisticated parrot. So it's, it's trying to give you what you want, you know? So if you ask for generate me an article about uh, carbon emissions, in the postmodern era, you know, it's going to pull from all those different articles and, 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 you know, writings and stuff like that to put together this article. And you're not going to have an exact match. It, you know, it, it won't be an exact match because um, it's cobbling from, you know, a ton of sources. But it is a derivative of the work, which is another thing I'd like to talk about in this episode is, you know, not only do we have to worry about copycats, but at what point does a derivative become infringement? And I think, um, you know, protecting copyright is, is going to be a huge issue in the future. You know, I mean, it's a hard enough thing right now, you know, most of the time it's either you, you get a lawyer to just always scour the web and threaten people, or you just deal with it, which, you know, most of the people that I've, I've, I've encountered, uh, they, they just deal with it. My, myself included. Um, you know, I had a, a piece of digital art, you know, just pop up randomly and I'd have to like, you know, take, have send like takedown notices or, or just uh, email, you know, just things like that, where it's, it, you know, I'm happy to get my stuff out there. And I was actually flattered a few times because, you know, there was a, like a Japanese metal band that reached out to me and they're like, Hey, can we, we don't have any money, but can we have permission to use this? I'm like, yeah, thanks for asking. You know, like most people are pretty reasonable if you, um, if you give them respect. But, you know, it seems like, you know, with AI-assisted <laughs> technologies, it's going to be easier to not do that stuff and to just take. So, it, you know, this, this episode is not alarm. Uh, it's not trying to be alarmist by any means. I think it's, it's an obstacle that we'll have to overcome 
and you know obviously there'll have to be regulation there'll have to be some you know uh, i think the best way to approach this is is community guidelines where people band together and they set you know set standards of how to do things um because you know those standards are probably going to be a lot easier to adhere to learn or implement than any government regulation or something like that that is going to probably miss mark um but yeah i mean you know it, it's it's a it's it's a murky subject and you know as truth like objective truth becomes murkier as well as you know a provenance like showing a a, a trail of who originally made something it, it's going to be difficult so um when objective truth becomes even murkier how can we determine what is the most trustworthy source of information and that's kind of a blanket statement you know um assuming that the entire web becomes ai generated content and 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 i don't think that's an unreasonable uh perspective to have maybe not all but most um all of it will be ai assisted at some point you know all, all current stuff you know how do you determine what is trustworthy information you know how how can you figure out if this article about one thing and that article about the other thing which one is the correct one um and you know without getting into politics and all this stuff about misinformation now um let's apply it to the creator you know uh i mean you know if you're if you're getting the wrong information about <laughs> making a video it's not life-threatening <laughs> i mean it, it might be but it's probably not life-threatening um but what if you're getting into electronics and you want to start working with transformers or something like that and you want to create this really cool device and you start getting this really conflicting information and you're you're too much of a novice to know the difference and you start screwing around with things it, it could be potentially life-threatening i mean that's an extreme example but you know i think I think the fact is, is that there needs to be a way to verify a source of information in an easy way so that people aren't getting the wrong information by accident and going off and building a career and doing stuff on that wrong information only to find two, five years later that they were doing it wrong the whole way. And, you know, that happens a lot too, especially if you're self-taught and, you know, for, I, I'm, I'm self-taught for everything. And, you know, there, I, I was, you know, I would be doing things a certain way for years and then one day things would just click and it's like, oh man, what was I doing? <laughs> Why couldn't I just take uh, an hour to like read a book about, you know, whatever this, this topic is. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is it's, it, it's not always easy to do that or the quickest thing. So if you're, if you're, you just like to dive into things or you don't have the time, it's not the easiest thing. So you have to learn through experience. Um, I don't think that is ever going to change. However, I think that with more information available at our disposal, 
it's going to be easier to iterate faster anyway. So you, you'll find the mistakes, you know, if, if you're running into a problem and you can consult with chat GPT or something like that, you know, uh, whatever chat GPT version eight looks like. Um, but you need to be able to trust that information, you know, trust that it's correct. And, you know, right now it's, I, I think critical thinking is going to play. I mean, it plays a huge role now and I feel like it's starting to wane in a lot of, a lot of people, but you know, I think in the future, critical thinking is going to be the most, you know, the, it's going to be the skill that's paramount. Um, because being able to discern between what is true and what is false, like two very binary things <laughs> is, is, is going to be uh, the difference between if somebody's successful or not, if somebody, you know, gets hurt or not, or, you know, or just is even like learning a certain way um, without wasting time. Because if, if we're moving towards a, a society that's focused on efficiency and, and AI is certainly going to uh, jumpstart that like super fast as it already has. But if, if we move towards efficiency, um, we can't be fighting against it because we don't have enough critical thinking to, um, you know, see if, if information that's presented to us is incorrect. Um, so uh, other than that, you know, I think, I think, um, the provenance thing is like at the forefront of my mind because you know adobe has already taken steps to um establish provenance i don't know if anyone's used it <laughs> i certainly haven't but photoshop has this thing uh what is it called content credentials and they're trying to create like almost like a paper trail of who originally created a, a you know a digital thing um the problem with that is that if somebody screen you know screenshots your photo and then resaves it with new content credentials then you have a problem so you would have to prove at that point that somebody that you created something before this other person created the other thing you know, the copy um, but I do think that that is a step in the right direction because if we can establish, you know, paper trails to our creations, our digital creations, um, it can help in the future when things are being faked or ripped off. I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen with the judicial system. You know, are, are videos and audio going to be admissible as evidence in five years? Because like right now, and I'm not trying to, uh, maybe I'll get a call from the FBI, but, um, you know, like with, I feel confident with my skills, I can copy most things and fake most things. And that's not even with using AI. Um, but, you know, adding AI into the mix and you have these services like 11 labs where you can generate, um, you know, text to speech. So you can, you can type something in and it, it, gives you an audio file back um, and it's getting better <clears throat> every month I've been seeing like every every couple months when they do an update like I see like it's it's getting it's getting good it's not quite there yet um, Microsoft Azure has uh, 
their their text to speech um, and uh, you know there's there's a few other open source models like bark AI and, and stuff like that but you can basically make audio from the written word so you know <laughs> just wait for those uh, AI scam calls because they're gonna be coming um, but you, you know I think <laughs> I think uh, it's going to be really hard for creators to differentiate themselves and also try to fight against, you know, people copying them because once, you know, it's, it. what was it? Um, Bourdain used to say like whenever he would visit Anthony Bourdain would like visit these different countries and showcase like this awesome food or this awesome location, you know, with street vendors and stuff. And he always had mixed feelings about it because he's like, I really respect and I admire this culture and everything. And I love what we do because we can educate people on, on all these different foods that they might not have tried. Um, but on the flip side, the tourists flood in after the episode airs, and it changes like the the essence of what it what it used to be. So he he would always comment about that um, on the episodes, and it always stuck with me too because it, it you know it, it almost like you almost by observing it. And this is very like quantum physicsy, but by observing it, you're you're essentially changing it, you know. Um, and granted him and a small film crew on a small scale is not gonna, you know, change a whole culture, but, you know, it does have some effect and, and by syndicating it across, you know, <laughs> TV and stuff like that, you, you do have some sort of effect. Um, so I, I, I digress, but you know, so this this leads me to a polarizing subject. I mean, you know, the promise of blockchain, and I, I put a question mark at the end um, because I, I very much believe that the underlying philosophy of blockchain um, is important and it's very forward thinking. However, I think the current implementation of blockchain, it's not quite mature enough yet. You know, and I think I think um, with this sort of thing, with AI generating and doing all this stuff, and people having difficulty proving that they made something at a certain time and it was them and it's signed by them and everything's verified, I think um, trustless blockchain would be the ideal implementation for this sort of thing to establish provenance. However, I hate the word trustless because nothing in society is, is trustless. Nothing in the history of man has ever been trustless. Like there is still some element of trust um, that goes on. And, you know, a lot of it can, can be boiled down to convenience. You know, people people don't want to have to dive into dive deep into every single little you know paper trail just to verify something they they sh they want convenience they want to be able to look at like a little badge that says verified or a little check mark but by doing that you put your trust in the third party um that they have your best interest in mind which is 
you know, that your knowledge is pure. So the current implementation of, in my opinion, all blockchains right now, um, all cryptocurrencies is that they are not trustless and they are centralized, uh, despite being called decentralized. And, you know, uh, this is super polarizing because people either hate blockchain or they're like diehard fanatics. Uh, there's there's rarely any middle ground with it. And, you know, I, 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 I still uh, believe in the mission. I still follow along and I still partake. But, um, you know, uh, I mean, I have a project on a blockchain on Algorand. Um, so I think that the move to community, you know, it seems like socially you know, in the world, maybe it was a, a post COVID thing, but it seems like the brands that are getting the most recognition or stuff like that are not company brands, but they're personal brands. And people are basically creating communities around, around, you know, something that means something to them. And typically like, you know, people aren't really caring about brands right now. They're caring about figures, you know, Elon Musk, for an example, you know, uh, he's just one man, but there's, there's a people, people either love him or hate him. But, um, you know, he's basically the brand of Tesla. And so if you had removed the feeling of whatever Elon Musk elicits in you, um, you know, I, I Tesla would probably wouldn't probably be where it is today. Um, so with that being said, if we're shifting as a society to, you know, a more community driven um, thing where more people are involved in making decisions for companies, and I don't know how that would work, but, you know, in like a mature application. Um, but if people are coming together and they're banding together to form communities and they want more say in things and they want stuff like that. Um, I think that there's a lot of value that blockchain um, has. It's just not there yet. You know, especially I, I, the biggest step is, is a ensuring that all the code is, is sound. Um, and that's why I'm a big fan of, of Algorand. Um, uh, because it was created by uh, the world's prominent <laughs> cryptographer. So somebody way smarter than me came up with an idea and, and, you know, implemented it. But the thing that's most important to me and, you know, it, it, like I'm by no means like a, a zealot when it comes to blockchain. I, I try to, I try to approach this from a very sober mind and saying, okay, in the future, we're going to have a problem. Our problem is going to be, we're going to have trouble proving anything. So we're going to have, you know, and if, if, if you think about what a blockchain is, it's, it's, it's like a giant, again, being reductionist, it's a giant Excel sheet where you can't modify any previous rows. You can only modify, you can only create a new row and, you know, make, make an entry on it. So all those previous rows are locked and, and in, in the best case scenario for blockchains, that works. Um, what's the worst case of, you know, the worst case scenario for blockchains is that it's all a lie or it gets hacked. Um, 
you know, so I think I think the the blockchains that do make an impact on the world are going to be the ones that deliver on the promise of they cannot be altered. You know, they cannot be forked. Um, stuff like that. You know, forking means like splitting the blockchain up into two, and then it you know you have duplicates, and that defeats the whole purpose. Especially, you know, I mean, I think there's still some value if you you know you still have your your proof that you created something at a certain point because it'd be in the history of two different blockchains. But um, that's not what we want. You know, and, you know, I think if we look at like Algorand, and I'm just using Algorand as an example because that's the one that I gravitated towards a few years ago. Um, you know, you look at some of the heavy cr cryptography being done, and it basically makes it, I'm not going to say impossible because everything's, impo everything's possible, but it makes it extremely, extremely difficult to shut down the network and change things. Um, so if you if we look at the ideal application of a blockchain in the future, let's say 10 years from now, because um, we're not there yet, that's, <laughs> you know, um, it would be a ledger that has entries, just just like Excel, where every previous row could not be modified. And, you know, I, I, some people might be listening to this and thinking like, oh, he's missing everything. Like there's, there, you know, there's Falcon keys, there's lattice cryptography, whatever. Like I, I don't know, you know, I'm not a pro at that stuff. Um, I know a little bit. I'd love to have a cryptographer on at some point because uh, they do create, um, you know, <laughs> mathematical proofs. But, uh, you know, I think that if we take the underlying philosophy of this sort of thing, where if we can find a single source of truth somewhere that maybe it's not trustless, but maybe it's trustful, like maybe trustful is is more of a, a better term. Um, because assuming that nothing's trustless, let's assume that nothing is trustless in this world. But it has just enough trust for you to know that it's a not going to disappear tomorrow, or b, um, it's it's not going to screw you over. So I think I think that is an interesting thought. Um, and all right, hold on, hold on a second. Let me let me uh, catch up to where I'm at because I just. <laughs> I have notes here and I just went through like all of them without looking at the sheet. So now I'm catching up. But, I, you know, another thing, too, is that, you know, AI is the hot topic now. But what happens when we have quantum computers that can break anything, break any cryptography? You know, the whole web as we know it is, is going to change. So I think I think, um, you know, and, and again, like certain blockchains are quantum resistant where their cryptography is so complex that you, you know, it, it wouldn't even make sense to, to, to try to crack it. But, you know, I think, I think what I'm trying to say, you know, and I know this, again, this is another technical episode, um, with, without going into technical details, but, uh, 
you know, I think one way or another, whether it's a post AI world or a post quantum world, we're going to experience a shift where truth is going to be hard to come by or hard to figure out. And, you know, that that's, that's going to inevitably affect you as a creator in one way or another, you know, um, So let's see here. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm covering covering most of the stuff. Um, I should I should make one note about something called state proofs. So state proofs are like a verification stamp that something happened at a by somebody at a given time, um, and they are they are in a, a few blockchains that have state proofs. Um, the nice thing about state proofs and by extension the blockchains themselves is that it's a consensus driven mechanism meaning more than one entity needs to agree that this thing happened at this time by this person uh with this contents you know and i think as communities grow as this technology becomes easier to use um and even even ai technology as well i think that communities are going to form uh to provide this level of defense so if if blockchains are going to be a thing of the past in 10 years i'm curious to know what the next iteration is going to be and if blockchains are still going to exist what are they going to look like then in terms of decentralization meaning that one person can't just flip a switch and you lose everything you know because you would look at adobe as as a a, a company and, and say oh no adobe's always going to be around oh you know uh content credentials great merry christmas um but you know 20 years from now maybe adobe's not around so how do you prove that you created something then um, I'm laughing cause I'm, I'm like, man, this, this is going to sound so negative, but I'm, I'm, I'm totally invigorated by it. Like I, you know, it's going to be challenging and it, you know, unfortunately it, it probably will hurt some people. Um, but I think the, the best, the best preparation is just to start thinking about things now where, you know, how can how can we deal with this when the time comes? And it, it may not be a floodgate. It may, may be a trickle in and then the floodgate, you know? Um, and I think we're starting to see the, the trickling in now, you know? Um, and again, like blockchains are super polarizing subjects. Like they're a speculative asset, NFTs, either people love or they hate. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about real world verifiability using a blockchain um, and its potential positive effects to counteract any negative effects that AI has in it, you know, in its generative content. Um, so it's, it's something to think about, you know, I think, you know, I think, I think what the future boils down to for people like us is we need to a create in our own voice one 
there's the differentiation because nobody can copy us. You know, you know, you, I mean, you, you can, somebody can copy us, but if you're, if you're truly creating work in your own voice, it's going to be impossible to predict what you would create next. And again, the AI, uh, you know, models can probably come close enough to fool people, but people aren't really going to want to associate. And if they care about you as a creator or as an artist, they're going to want something authentic from you. They're not going to want, you know, a facsimile. Um, so I think that's an important distinction too, because, you know, just because an AI can create a Wes Anderson looking movie, um, it doesn't mean it's going to be the exact same thing, you know, and they could probably copy a lot of elements and definitely the color grading. That's probably the, the low hanging fruit right there. But, you know, it's not going to have the essence of Wes Anderson. So I think that's an important thing to, to keep in mind, you know, for myself included, is that, you know, if you reproduce something, it's not the diehard fans that are going to consume it. The, 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 the people that you create, you know, the fans that you create, um, the community that you build for your stuff, it, they're not going to want the fake stuff. So to me, I'm optimistic about that. It puts more weight on, on forming relationships with people, uh, which is hard for me because like, uh, I'm an introvert and I like to be shy, uh, even if it doesn't seem that way. But, um, you know, it is social media. I, I just, you know, I try. <laughs> um, but I, I think it will be important for every brand to form relationships with people because um, nobody wants to buy a, a fake pair of Nikes. So why would they want to buy, you know, a, a fake movie from somebody uh, unless it's really good? And, you know, that's that's entirely possible. And I think I think there's going to be a market for for everything. And I, th I think that, you know, it's going to be harder to weed through stuff but at the same time you know the ones it's the it's like the business card that's just a little too big for that that sticks out from the rest of the stack of business cards like that one gets picked first and i think the the creators that you know put themselves out there and they put their unique perspective out there they're gonna stick out just a little bit and it might take a little longer i mean i'm banking on it you know I'm, I'm trying to do that right now and i know this podcast isn't for everybody um but i mean this is this is me you know somebody might say like what does this have to do with creating <laughs> most of the time you're talking about uh robots and truth but um you know i think it all ties together and um you know whether whether or not I uh, communicated that well enough today is a different story because usually uh, I'll tell you it's it's a lot easier when somebody's on the other side of the camera that I'm talking to. Um, this is this is the the first solo mission, and I I, I do want to do these. I'll, I'll probably weave them in in between the um, you know the uh, the guest spot ones. Um, just because I have so much, so many topics that I want to talk about and, um, you know, to, to wait 
until I got the right guest for that topic. It just seems foolish. Um, so I'm just going to just keep going with this. And, you know, like uh, whenever I have a crazy idea in my head at midnight, I'm just going to record a little midnight session. I don't even know how long I've been talking for. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that basically wraps it up. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Content and creations will further saturate the market. However, the ones that stay true to themselves and have something different to say will stick out. So that I'm banking on that. <laughs> I'm rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for me. Um, and then the next, the next thing is trusted verify. Man, I'm. You could tell it's midnight. Um, trusted verifiability will be the next big thing for artists and creators. Uh, I, th I think I, I'll, I'll probably, when I, when I collect my thoughts more on this subject, I'm sure I'll talk about it again in the future. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that pretty much sums it up. Um, you know, just figuring out, figuring out how we can trust something and, uh, <laughs> being able to track it in an easy way. Um, and I, I do, I'm, I'm rooting for blockchains too. I, I hope somebody figures it out, you know, and I, that, that those blockchains might already exist today. Um, I'm hoping it's Algorand. Let's, let's see if, you know, they can get their, uh, shit together, but you know, it's, um, technology should assist us in becoming the best versions of ourselves, not amplify the worst part. <laughs> which it seems like that's what social media did. Um, but yeah, so that, that was this, uh, today's tonight's episode. Um, definitely leave me some feedback on what you thought about it. This is, this is completely different than what I've done the past couple episodes. Um, you know, let me know if you like the, the, the single format, you know, just me. Um, if you don't like it, I love you, but I'll probably make more of these because um, it's super cathartic, and uh, you know it helps helps my public speaking too. You know, just talking to an empty camera—it's like the most unnatural thing known to man. Um, but yeah, so thanks for watching along, listening. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon. And uh, if you have any feedback, please email driven to create podcast at gmail.com. I'll put all the links in the show notes. And yeah, yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if you made it this far, you're probably just as baffled. You're either baffled, like, what the hell did I just listen to? Or you're like super depressed. I am so sorry for that, but don't be depressed. We're going to have a great future. We just need to start thinking about it and building the future we want. That's all for now. <laughs>